Welcome to another Zen the podcast and today we're going to be talking all about branding and design and I am over the moon that I have a branding and design expert Ian Hamilton is joining us today so Ian welcome to our Zen the podcast hey David I'm glad to be here nice to speak to you and I'm hoping we can uh, get to the heart of some really juicy stuff here yeah I've I've given Ian, a, a little list of things I'd like to cover. Uh, it's quite a lot, so I always try and get maximum out of these things. So it's going to be quite brief on a lot of these points. We try and keep this under 30 minutes. So, Ian, tell people a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a long in the tooth brand uh, designer, so I've been doing this for a long, long decades, uh, mostly in the commercial space, but recent, most recently in the last five years, I guess, a bit more into the personal branding thing. Well, since that's been taken off, there's been a bit more demand for that, so I'm kind of bridging those two worlds. So, uh, and a lot of a lot of mentoring these days, a lot of that kind of leadership mentoring of both designers and entrepreneurs who need a bit more guidance. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing as well. It's getting on the right track. And um, these are the things that branding experts know, designers know inside out, don't even have to think about it. But for people that are trying to do any of this stuff or save money by not hiring people to do it, then these sort of consultations are priceless. Uh, That's what I found in my opinion. So let's talk about it. So what is branding and design to you, Ian? Yeah, well, there's a lot of confusion around it, right? I mean, on one hand, there's a lot of people jumping into the men teaching space of branding and design uh, who don't really have the background and they're kind of reading up and doing courses and then teaching other people and so on. But, you know, in-depth, uh, you know, experience going over decades, you start to see how things really work, the machinations behind it all, you know. And so the point of branding for everyone, and this goes for multi-global international companies making widgets for everybody to, you know, the mom and pop shop to individual entrepreneurs in their basement, just trying to get things started up. It's the same thing because the principles all apply. It's just about human psychology, David. And so the way I like to explain it, and this is my own personal interpretation, but it's association. And it's essentially, what is it that you want to be associated with? Authentically, what can you claim to be associated with? What kind of feelings, what kind of, uh, what kind of attributes um, do you, that, do they represent you and, and what are they? And how do you craft all of your messaging so that that's true and people can actually see that and not only just see it, but also be distinctive, right? Because if you just, if you're, if you're just like everybody else, you know, there, there's so many, there's so many other brands out there. I mean, typical supermarkets, I think now have something like over 150 individual skews on their shelves right so 150,000 rather that's a lot of of brand competition right so there's a lot of busyness and clutter in the marketplace Uh, it doesn't really matter what marketplace so being distinctive and being authentic uh, are are the keys to brand in in a way for everybody no matter what level you're operating at yeah absolutely I agree 100% on that it's that um, you know guys you you listening to this you probably think well what what about colors what about a logo what about the most important thing is the message and this has always been the thing and it's like what is your unique selling point how can you stand out from the crowd and that's exactly what branders do they'll take it and they'll they'll find what that is before any of the colors before doing the logo before setting what types you're going to use and keeping all things consistent these are the first things that you must think about 
So, yeah, and it's important. It's important also to consider that message isn't just copy. You know, a lot of people think it's it's all copy focused, and that design and colors and logos and things are really just you know kind of cosmetics that you know, pretty pretty things up, make things pop, and all those things. Um, but in actual fact, there's a lot of messaging behind that, and a good designer will use and leverage color psychology, um, use of space and imagery, all those things in very subtle ways that actually convert and and lead people towards that you know crucial association that we spoke about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at some a lot of the um, Renaissance artists, they used to use they used to they never use black. Um, never use white but you look at their paintings and you think there's black and white in there but there's not it's a subtle use and the subtle use of things like red so they'll put a little speck of red somewhere only one because it's such a powerful color but it will draw your eye in and then it will draw your eye across and they will have done this on purpose it's not just they didn't just paint it and this is the same this is the same thing that Ian's talking about here it's very powerful this kind of way of thinking and people might be listening to this podcast and thinking oh it's just oh, i just got to put a logo together and keep things consistent and then it's that but it's there's much more to it like that but you you know you have to start somewhere and especially if you're trying to teach people that are new to this you have to give them a way into it because it's scary to know all of this information in one big flop <laughs> yeah. And it can, you know, you can, there's such a thing as over-investing in this, you know, if you're starting up, you don't need all the bells and whistles, but I think it's more important to understand what your association is. Like, what is the keyword? If you could find one word that represents who you want to be and who you authentically are, if you're, if you're that kind of, you know, if you're an individual marketing yourself, but if you're, if you're establishing a small startup company or something that's small, your budgets are tight. Don't invest in high-end design and all those things. Just I would say focus really primarily on what that association is. What is that one word or two or three words at most really that you want to be associated with and then craft everything around that. You know, if you want to be strong and you want to be sharp, you're not going to pick a nice light color of pink for your website. Like those kind of things are, should be obvious for most people, right? And you're messaging your words, your vocabulary you use. If you're going to be strong, your vocabulary has to kind of echo that. And you can't use kind of lighter, you know, more, more of a kind of airy, airy kind of language you need to be much more vibrant so those are the kind of things i would focus on that don't require any investment really just think about what those associations are that you really need that will really represent you and then look at that across your colors your marketing your all of your language everything else and that's really where to start minimum budget yeah perfect good good advice there so how important do you think the branding and design is how do you th how important is this is this such a crucial part of it rather than someone just going i've got an idea and i'm just going to write it out and i'm just going to use i'm going to look at that website i'm just going to copy that and just do it there how important is that branding side to someone's business from the start i mean obviously things go through development but from the start yeah well, I mean, that's a great question, in fact. Uh, I mean, I, you know, being in the branding business, I could tell you how important it is overall. But first, from starting up, I mean, here's the thing. Most people aren't ready to buy immediately, right? The vast majority of people that you come across aren't really ready to pull the trigger on a sale, especially if they don't know who you are. So there's that engagement period. And so you have to stay top of mind and you have to be memorable through that engagement period. 
right? Otherwise, you just fade away. And then, you know, when it comes time for them, when they get ready to actually really seriously consider a purchase, then you're already part of the crowd somewhere and they've completely forgotten. So there has to be something distinctive and memorable about you. And that's part of what branding is as well. And that's why I keep coming back to this association, because if you can get the associations right and just keep reinforcing that, that's what sticks. You know, that's what really sticks. And if, especially if it's distinctive to you, which it has to be, if other marketers, uh, two or three marketers are using the same kind of positioning as you, you're going to have difficulty standing out from them. And so when it comes time for that customer, or, you know, potential customer of yours to make that purchase decision, you're kind of lost in the crowd. So be distinctive, be, uh, be, get your associations correct, be memorable. Those are the, those are the, the key points. And then we're going to touch on one of those coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, that's the other thing is like if, you, if you've got if you've got that brand, you've got that message, should you stay with that or should you always be thinking now this is this is on two fronts because this is the original message that you've come up with. But as we know, when you start doing this work and you start uh, either producing, it could be for products, uh, you know, it could be for online courses, which is what we're talking about because we are Zenla. But is is it good to stay with that message or should you flip flop and say, well, I've come up with a new message this week, so I'm going to use this. Should it, you know, and the branding, the branding side, should that stay the same? Should that remain constant throughout? What do yeah, you feel about that? That's the other pillar we we're going to talk about, which is consistency. So, you know, along with being distinctive and getting your association, your brand association correct and being distinctive and memorable and owning it, but you have to be consistent in it. Now, that doesn't mean you have to put the same posts out, special social media. People are posting every day, sometimes multiple times a day. You don't post the same thing, obviously. However, everything you do post has to be consistent to what your brand stands for. You know, and in the, in the kind of corporate world, we call that key message pillars. So it's essentially look at three to five main areas that you represent, things that you do, where you bring value to your customers, and then look at language and what what kind of proof points do you have for those things? How can you prove it? And then you just keep reheading those, just find different ways to say them because consistency of messaging is one of the keys. That's one of the things that make you memorable is that you're consistent. So all the big brands out there, you see red, you know, Coca-Cola have owned red for you know, decades. Um, it's their color and their their kind of logo and everything is consistent. Now they change it up in subtle, subtle ways to keep things fresh. But at its heart, they're messaging the real thing, refreshing messaging, all of those things. They just keep on hitting that and they find different ways of saying the same consistent themes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was thinking of one just now. I was thinking Disney. Disney's quite good at this as well. They um, using they they're using like omni-channel uh, marketing now. So they but they're making sure that all across all of their social platforms, there's some sort of story, and it's very consistent. You know, you go from one to the other, and it's almost like you haven't jumped into another social site. And you jump to their main site even with the films even with what they bring out it's all very consistent and you can see that it's them it is yeah. so clear <laughs> and it's I, great you know, I, I would actually go so far as to say you know that consistency is probably the most important part of branding uh distinctiveness is obviously very important because otherwise you just become you know, vanilla and part of the beige crowd, but but being consistent, hitting that same messaging, you know, same themes uh, and the same visuals, using the same style of photography, using that same color, whatever that color is, as long as it you know backs up your association, what those keywords you want to be associated with are, then you've once you've landed on that one or two color palette, 
Stick to it. And that's where consistency comes in. That's what people remember. And then they become familiar with you. It's just like being a human personality. You know, people are consistent. If you're inconsistent as a person, people start to wonder and, you know, back off from you. Whereas when you're consistent, you're always showing up. You're always doing the same things that people can expect and they can depend on you. This brands operate exactly the same. Yeah, I think it's um, it's like people. If if you're swapping and changing, people don't they don't trust you. It's kind of like, does they, what's going on? Why is that all changed? Why is that? It almost would feel to people like they've gone into some sort of beta program where you're just testing things out. Don't get me wrong; it's good to test things out at the beginning with some social platforms, but once you found it, you stay with it, and that's what I find uh, that works for me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the things is this is all about niching down, as it were. And in a brand, you know, brand perspective, it's really being known for one thing, right? What is that one thing that you know you're known for? If you try and spread yourself, you know, too widely, and and you're trying to do too many things, then that kind of you know really makes murky waters around your brand and who you stand for, or what you stand for, and who you are. Um, it, it mixes people up, you know, and confused minds never buy, as they say. So if you're known for that one thing. What is that? That's this association thing I'm getting at, which might be, you know, any kind of marketing, if you're doing online marketing or any kind of coaching, what exactly is it? Really dial that down and then figure out what the descriptors are. In other words, what the associations are around that niche that you want to own. So if you're a coach, are you a strong coach or are you a really soft, intuitive coach? Because most of those are viable markets. You just have to decide which one it is and then stick with it. Yeah, yeah, you can't flick from yeah. from one to the other. Exactly. That would be like, who's that? Unless you got a wig. Exactly. Don't confuse people. <laughs> Brilliant. That's great, Ian. So um, I want to ask you a question here because you know AI is it's all about AI at the moment. It's all like this trending thing that's going on. So do you think AI generated media is good? Do you think it will ever replace a designer? So can you tell me your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a big question in the design community right now, as you can imagine, right? And and it, copywriting everywhere you go. Uh, and I think at the moment, it's actually uh, more of a threat, if you want to call it to copywriting that it is to design. I don't see it as a threat at all. These are just tools. You know, I'm old enough to uh, have been around. I started my career in the analog days of paste up and, and magic markers in the studio, you know, and then that transition to computers was huge. Uh, and if you didn't keep up, you know, you you were left behind. Certainly, um, there was a lot of doom uh, about that at the time, you know, that people were going to do all their own design, which a lot of people did. But the, the crux of design, the things that actually add value to it, where it's not a kind of decorative cosmetic service, but things that actually add value, I call it performance design, when you're using tools, psychology tools like color theory, you're using, uh, you know, kind of typography to, to communicate with people people in subtle, subtle levels. These things really work. That's why, you know, major companies invest in them because they do work at a psychological level. And that's where the, the that's where the designers tend to go. And so AI is, is another tool I see that's going to get rid of the mundane tasks. So for designers, it's fantastic. You know, you don't have to do all those Illustrator, Photoshop things that you used to have to do by hand. It would take a lot of time and it would cost clients money ultimately. So all of those things are going to be taken care of by the robots, which is, which is great and it frees up everybody. Um, and this is 
true for designers, it's true for design clients like entrepreneurs or go, you know, even corporations. It frees up everybody to concentrate more on where, where they're really truly bringing value. And so get rid of the mundane tasks. Um, and inspiration is where is where design always has been. Uh, it's is taking is taking what the business challenges are and then making a, an in, and I'll call it an intuitive leap because in many cases that's what it is. You know that eureka moment where you've digested all the information, you go off and you kind of just incubate for a little while, and then suddenly, whether it's in the bathtub or a shower or out running, whatever it is the answer comes to you and it's an intuitive leap. And I honestly don't feel in my experience, AI is not going to make that leap because it's, it's a logic-based uh, system, right? So it's what, what does logic not really provide for? And that's where design and other fields, I think are going to provide the real true answers that have a lot of value. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think almost AI, I look at it that AI is really just standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, uh, which are us. Is only using data that it's already got from what us. It's only you know, so it's always going to be building on that, but always from us. We're supplying the data until it becomes a stage. I'm not saying it won't happen because it probably will. That it becomes conscious and um, can, but there will still there still be rules because it's code. We have no rules. Funny, I was talking about this yesterday. Yeah, we have no rules and we make things up. That's the point is like, you know, it's always based on a certain logic. It has to be, whereas there is an intuitive component to things that inspire and rally people. Right. And so that, that is, you know, I'm convinced through the experience I've had in, in marketing and advertising that that is the gap. And in that gap, I actually called it a gap a while back. This is talking years ago, um, a kind of brand gap, but that's the gap that, uh, that, that creative people, whether they're filmmakers or writers or designers, they're always going to be there to fill that. And so let's let AI take care of the mundane and look to where we can bring that kind of value. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, it's that other side of things as well. It's like if you, the, the thing is that what I find really interesting is what AI cannot do is it can't sort of project. It has to be either, it has to be right. <laughs> it has to be right. It has to, that has to be done like that in exactly that way. It can't turn around and make slight differences or make things subtle. It can't even put a story behind why it did it. Th these are massive things. I, I did this, um, I did this, uh, actually it was a 3D render and of a thing celebrating David Bowie and I did lots of, um, golden blocks and I did it. I made the blocks move in time to one of the songs. Uh, it was actually the golden years. That's why they were golden blocks. Then I took a still frame out of when he says golden years. And that is the story. That is the whole story behind that print that I did. Now, AI would, would not be able to work out even to think like that because it's so weird it's so different it's kind of like no i just need to do a poster of david bowie's the golden years and then you'd end up with david bowie covered in gold paint or something <laughs> it would be so obvious that, uh, and that's where i think the creativity is you cannot you cannot lose that you know yeah it's an intellectual thing yeah i mean that's the whole point right it's intelligence so which has has a purpose obviously and serves a, a, a lot of needs but however and branding in particular and design, there's a huge emotional component to that. 
you know, and it, it really, it really speaks to being human. And the intellect doesn't really bridge that. That's why it's kind of an art and science. And it always has been, you know, it always has been uh, that people respond to things emotionally initially. So branding is like that too, in terms of your brand, people will respond emotionally, and then they'll back up whatever that emotion is with their logic, with their intellect. So, you know, that's where, that's where human beings are always going to be different from any kind of, in, you know, intelligence, whether it's artificial or not, even that emotion, if that emotional component of humanity is missing, then something is missing from that big picture. Yeah, absolutely. So that is all about the AI side of it. We've covered it. We've got it out of the way. <laughs> so, so I want to ask you now, so if people are viewing in, so give, give me like maybe three of your top tips for people doing any kind of design or trying to pick their own colors or thinking about a logo. I know what you're going to say, hire me. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> No. But you must have some top tips. What's the top tips you get asked all the time? Yeah, well, the first one is no, don't hire me. You know, it's because <laughs> you know, you're not for everyone. That's this is that that leads into that is to people to realize that you're not for everyone. So by all means, craft who your message is and identify who your audience is, but realize there's a strength and understanding that you're not for everyone, uh, because that helps you to niche down to who you want to serve and who you want to, you know, be of use to and bring value to. So that's a, that's a, a very important one. I think emotionally people, especially in startup, you know, you're really trying to find as many clients as you can. You want to pay the bills and you're looking out and you're trying to get everyone. But if your positioning is like that in particular, uh, so the emotional side of it is one thing, but if your positioning in the market is you're for everyone, you'll attract no one. You know, it's kind of like that old saying: if you if you stand, for, if you if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So be something and be that thing authentically and all the time. That's that's the key to all branding anyway. So figure out what that is. That's the first thing. Uh, second side is how you express that. Right. So. You know, really, there's so many tools out there. AI, we spoke about, it's just getting started. So people will be able to, it can design your website now, right? In many cases and, and things like that. It'll pick you a color palette. So, but you have to know what you're actually, what you're describing, right? You have to know what kind of color palette. So you have to have, that's why I come back to what these associations are. What are the attributes of it that are really strong that you want to represent? And AI and other tools, like you have Canva and things like that that are available now, who's also using AI. Um, even Adobe are bringing AI into their platform. And I use Adobe all the time um, and they're bringing AI in. So it's, it's going to be a part of everyday life very, very soon. So either wait and get AI to do it for yourself or get into one of the platforms and use those associations, you know, use that kind of brand's sort of psychology as much as you're able to figure those things out. When you get some growth under you, when you get some traction and you're starting to see that it's working, that positioning is working um, and your brand is actually getting some attention, that's when you can start to invest and up your game a little bit in terms of making yourself more distinctive through design, get a, you know, hire someone to help you with that and to solidify that. So that's why I say it's not really, you know, hiring me is not the solution for someone, especially for starting up. Um, and they're, they're really scratching together to get things going absolutely not i mean most of my clients are already established people who who really need to kind of you know once you once you start 
being successful, you start getting more and more competition. People will find that as well, that there's people snapping at your heels, trying to invade your space. Uh, and that's when uh, people come to me to kind of refine what they're doing, to solidify that, create more barriers around their own brand. So they're, they're, they're much more protected in that sense from competition and to use those design elements to kind of enhance all of it. Yeah, perfect. Um, so what would you say, I'm just going to have a lead off question from this, because I know a lot of people do this and kind of in a way it, it works sometimes, but it's, um, it's, I think it's a, a, not a good route. I'd rather do it myself. But what do you think about people just going on to right? I need a, I need a logo. I need a brand sheet. So I'll just go to uh, Fiverr, for instance, people, they don't yeah. know any of this. They just, yeah, oh, that's the cheapest. I mean, they bid on this. That's the cheapest. Yeah, it is. It is cheap. And you get what you pay for. I mean, essentially, if you just need something starting up, honestly, you can go anywhere cheap because it's none of it's really going to make any difference. You may as well do it yourself, frankly. Um, you know, some of them look a bit more professional, which might be worth a little bit more of an investment. But true, I, I mean, I, a logo doesn't stand in isolation. This is the thing is it's never developed. I've never sold a logo by itself. It's usually it's a brand system as part of other things, right? It represents that positioning and that association. Um, in in a, it's almost like a shorthand for it. It's a shortcut for it. You you see the logo, you recognize it, and you as a customer, you know, as one of your customers or, or as the public would look at a logo and associate it with what it means, the meaning that it has, right? So you look at a Coke logo, and suddenly you understand it's Pepsi, it's refreshing. Or it's Pepsi. You look at a cola logo, even it doesn't matter. You get the idea behind it. The refreshing uh, kind of that vitality that that all the kind of soda makers kind of come to market with um and you you distinctively craft a logo that represents your own place within that so whether it's pepsi or coke you get blue and red right there there's a distinctiveness uh, uh intentional distinctiveness to, to differentiate between those two brands right in that market um so an actual performance logo is part of a greater system uh, of the colors and the imagery and the feeling and the associations that we spoke of earlier. So that's what I'm saying at the beginning. If you're just going to Fiverr and you're just getting a logo based on just the name of your business, you're going to get something. And it, there's different levels of professionalism and how it looks. Uh, most people probably aren't aware of what those quality levels are. So I would say if you're going to do that route, which might be fine for startups, you need something, I guess, um, then just look for something that that suits you. But bear in mind that it's not really going to take you where you need to go. And ultimately, you should level that up and take it to the next level. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the good old days of clip art. Do you remember clip art? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's the same. It's the same. You, you go on there. These guys, they're not charging much. Why are they not charging much? Because basically you pay them. They take logos they've already got on the shelf. They'll, they won't design it personally for for you. They've just got a big catalog of these things. They'll change the colors around. There you go. Be happy with that. Oh, you want to change to a different color? Oh, I'll change that for you. That's your revision done. Bang, you're up, off and out the door. That's the about the amount of thought that would go into it. So I'm not saying everybody on Fiverr, of course, there's some really good ones on there, I'm sure of it, but that's just how it works. If you Like Ian said, if you're paying peanuts, you're not going to get something that's very good. Okay. <laughs> the other thing to be aware of, David, is there's a lot of plagiarism on the, on those platforms too. So people are going in and they're just taking other people's designs and, you know, we just change, like you say, change the colors or something. So, uh, you know, it has happened that, that people have found themselves in, in legal troubles because they've been using a logo they bought in good faith from Fiverr, but it's been 
lifted from somewhere else and that uh, you know the internet's an open place you can do all sorts of google image searching and uh, people protect their brands and so you just want to be very careful about that quality designers uh, just develop things from scratch and there's always ideas you know there's ideas that can be similar and so on but you'll notice and you know that's the thing that every designer is looking to do is to bring individuality and a, a real distinctiveness to the work mm. yeah perfect okay so Finally, last question for you, Ian, is a common mistake. So what would you say the, the biggest, the biggest blaring mistakes that you see on a daily basis with with sites? Let's just focus on sites. Yeah, well, I mean, the biggest the biggest mistake in branding and design just in general is a me too attitude is to see someone else and copy what they're doing. So, you know, especially someone else is successful. So it doesn't matter what market you're in, but you look around, you're looking to see what other people are doing. Everybody does this, right? I mean, it's just you look around, see who your competition are, and you find somebody who's doing something fantastic, especially someone who's leading in your market area. And you get this, I want to be like that person. And so you start to emulate. And sometimes not, I'm not saying it's all consciously done. This, this is, this is just partly natural is is that you want to you want that success you want that same kind of aura and so you start to uh, perhaps unconsciously duplicate a lot of what they're doing and again you just become part of that beige um crowd that's just not standing out to anybody and so that's the last thing you want you're much better to be eccentric and out on your own doing your own thing because you'll be distinctive and memorable obviously as long as it's authentic so i'd say that's the biggest mistake is to is to kind of copy others um you can be influenced certainly you can see what makes them a success and then see how that can work for you for your own brand associations um mm. that's that's totally recommended um you know find out what's working absolutely for others but then you have to you know you can't you know if you're too close to what you're doing uh forget even the legal side of it but if you're just too close from a brand perspective you're not going to stand out so uh avoid the me too find out what works for you and just go 100 into that yeah that's that's a really good one um i mean i actually know <laughs> there's actually courses and there's coaches out there what actually i don't understand this how they're charging people to be part of their course when they're just telling people to copy someone else's site <laughs> yeah it happens all the time it's like no you follow this and they'll even have the blocks exactly designed like the sites they're they're copying across you know yeah yeah um, I mean, there's obviously there's an issue with templates as well right because templates are meant to be individualized and you know so some like zendler has some fantastic templates in there but they're not meant to be just the way they are i mean obviously you need to people do need to change colors in the copy and things but you can tweak things and you can combine things in a certain way that speak your own message so you know it's templates are useful they're a bit like ai they're kind of useful tools but they're not the be-all and end-all yeah absolutely i mean i see lots of blocks where the text hasn't even been changed i'm like wow <laughs> it's like right on the footer it's that bottom block you know the one i mean the one in gray <laughs> yeah <laughs> they don't change it i'm like that's shocking it's shocking um so yeah really good stuff like ian so if people want to reach out to you how can how can they get hold of you what's your website address it's yeah, going to pop up on the screen guys sure that'd be great uh ianhamilton.com is is my 
designer website. I do a lot of mentoring for designers. Um, you can find that there if it's more of a mentorship relationship, because I do, uh, I have some uh, coaching on there. The other side is the corporate side, which is statusstrategy.com. And that's a corporate brand development it's a larger corporate site site so but ianhamilton.com is where where to find me definitely uh reach out my email contact is there you can set up a meeting with me online it's no obligation consultant stuff uh the whole idea is to find out if what i what i can bring is useful for you now or i'm happy to give you advice about where you're at in your business and what you really should be doing to benefit it Excellent. Thank you, Ian. It has been always a pleasure, always Likewise. a pleasure, because, you know, I, I'm a designer myself. I've been doing it for not as long as Ian, but um, I always love talking to other branders and designers. It's always an interesting, you know, mind meld of information. <laughs> totally. It's always good to talk to you, David. Yeah. Thank you, Ian, very much. See you later. Thank you. Bye bye.